Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. And boy, oh boy, what a weekend of rugby. We've probably had the best round of Super Rugby ever for highlights or for clips because there were some wonderful clips at the weekend um, there with the funny little passes that uh, went off someone else's hand and then went into going to score and silly things like that. So um, amazing weekend. Or at least one, one of the games in Australia had like... Uh, um, three or four one of those ones where you watch it and they go what happened next and, you, and whatever you said wasn't what you thought actually wasn't actually what actually really happened but um yes to go through all of all of the action is uh cornflake how are you doing sir i'm good good to be back another week in the books right another another weekend of controversy another weekend of excitement another weekend of of hating our bald italian referees and um <laughs> italians going nuts as well right i mean super rugby was fun but Boy, all the action uh, come from the north when it comes to controversy this weekend. Oh, it comes to controversy, yes. Uh, it's, um, the, uh, An angry and, board uh, of Italian boy. referees. If it wasn't for one player, uh, one player, jeez, England would have won. But anyway, um, one, one, one big winger was the difference between the two sides with his three bloody tries. Um, but anyway, <laughs> South African. The South African, yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, we will talk about all of the... Um, the uh, Six Nations games and all of the uh, Super Rugby um, games with the opening round of Super Rugby. And uh, yeah, and but we should also talk about the news, even though I've not even looked what news there is, to be honest with you. Oh, um, there goes half an hour. The, uh, well, there is that, isn't there? Yes, actually. Uh, yeah, we'll ignore the news, actually. Because no, no, no. Okay. What's, too long. What's, what's the news? Go on, quick quick news. What's the highlights? I, I don't have um, any news. What's the big... Um, no, I've not seen any news. I know it's uh, well, obviously the um, the mouth guard stuff. We'll talk, cover that as part of um, the uh, uh, part of the weekend um, of um, uh, of that one. But um, yeah, not sure any, any real real sort of rugby news per se, apart from results. In all honesty, um, good. Because the action's on the field. Who cares about the off-field crap? Let's get to the real reason why we're interested in the sport: is to watch the sport. The action, the excitement. Ow. Yes, come on. Exactly. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, I should actually tell everyone we can watch us. 8 p.m. on a Monday nights um, is when we're live uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm guessing you found us somewhere in one of those sort of places. If you're on Facebook and uh, YouTube, you can actually join in the live chat, um, as have uh, not tournaments and, and um, Simon. So good evening to both of you guys who have joined us um, and everyone else who joins in on the live chat. Also, obviously, there was all the recordings of those videos. But you can also um, listen to us as you uh, do your housework or um, drive in your car somewhere um, as uh, on the podcast um, as well um, with um, with uh, that one. So, yeah, let's get into it. Right. Let's get off with Six Nations first. Nocturnal, Nocturnal, please explain. The um, <laughs> uh, conflict of the hot, there's uh, a hot tape when the show wraps. Really? Oh, that's because you actually things, we're trying to speed things up, actually get them done on time, as oh, we were saying. <laughs> I wish. I'd get killed if that was the case. <laughs> Oh dear. So, and how is this leave for fairly unlucky when they should have got that kick? Well, yes, um, we will get on to um, onto that one. Um, but um, first up, um, we had Ireland um, versus Wales. Um, and uh, if you look at the results on ESPN, 
you'll see it's uh, just 31 to 7. And lots of um, details around who scored for Ireland and zero details for Wales uh, because uh, penalty try um, there. And they still can't get their computer systems to figure out that uh, um, about the fact that, that uh, yeah, penalty tries do exist um, and uh, they st still can't um, cope with them. Um, cope with that um but um look um this was one that uh um we kind of expect expected and uh and saw coming but um i'll be honest i've only seen the highlights of this one i didn't really see much point in watching a full um a full 80 minutes um to uh to see one 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 try against Ireland. but um i think uh that perhaps the the scoreline was a bit um a bit harsh on wales in this one I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about doing the show after watching that game and I'm like, man, Paul's going to tell about how Ireland just smoked them. It was a waste of time. It was one-sided game. But it was far from that. It was like complete opposite. The scoreline massively, massively was in no way a representation of how that match went. Wales played really, really well. Defensively, very, 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 very well. Attackingly, not so great, uh, which indicates of you know the, the score in the game. But defensively, they frustrated Ireland more than I've seen Ireland frustrated against any of the other Six Nations teams so far. Uh, just structurally staying together, shutting them out. I mean, Ireland should have scored based on the opportunities um, that they had in attacking areas. They should have scored twice as many points. Uh, a normal expectancy of Ireland, the way that they were playing that game. They really were on top with the ball in the right areas for so long, but Wales were just really tenacious in defence. And whatever those stats say, I mean, again, we go back to those moral victories. Uh, Wales should be holding their heads up pretty high about how they defended. Work to be done? Maybe there's... Now, now work on attack this week, right? And just try to get some, get some points on the board. But hey, their defence, I know it doesn't look great. Um, and they should have scored more because they had plenty of chances in Ireland's attacking um, areas as well. Um, and... Look, if I want to put this game down to one man, um, I think Wales played quite well collectively overall as a team. I, I don't think that uh, Costello's really their man at 10. I, I just don't think he offers much in terms of an attacking threat uh, for that side at all. But Wales played pretty well all around. I, none of their players, you know, the, the Wainwrights stood out, um, especially for them. But if I'm going to, for one guy, definitely that I thought was amazing. And, and there was more for Wales I want to pinpoint out as well later on. But Tide Byrne, oh man, uh, look, he got a yellow card. Uh, he was one of the highest scoring people in, in the fantasy um, for uh, Ireland as well. He just, for some ridiculous reason, this man just, uh, he's in everything. He, he pushes the laws right to the limit. He is physical. He is uh, determined. He never gives a millimeter. And he's, he, he's a forefront. Um, lucky that he didn't get that second yellow card that Ireland received because I think he was the one that actually gave away the penalty. But it was uh, Ryan Beard who actually got sent off. Um, or was it James? No, it was James Ryan in the headgear. Uh, I think he yep. spotted someone with the headgear that done it. And Ryan got sent off. I think it should have been Byrne that got sent off for that one as well, which would have been a little bit more interesting. But hey, he, he is phenomenal. And um, to have a guy in your second row that not only does his second row jobs really, really well, but dominates like a back rower, uh, carries like you would expect out of a, a midfielder with the power, you know, like he you know, takes a lot of that role off an uh, key sort of position. So really, really, really massive performance um, from him. But yeah, Wales, uh, look, for Wales, I think there's a couple of positions they're starting to find. They've got really good players that they can build a team around. 
And there's a couple of positions that they've got players that aren't up to the task. And I mean, I've guys like Nick Tompkins. I mean, okay, I think we need to look at something else in that midfield. And then guys like Cameron Winnett, I think they've got a real star in that fullback as well as a youngster. So a lot of names, uh, Rafael, brilliant, Wainwright, brilliant, um, especially. So, you know, again, a lot of building here from Wales, and I think they can be proud of how they played. And I think they're starting to find their players as well. Yeah, look, I, I was a bit surprised I went, went with, um, they went with, with, with Costello uh, coming back from injury and didn't stick with um, Lloyd um, at yep. 10 um, for, uh, for for Wales, to be to be honest. Uh, but um, and whilst look, we can say that the uh, the the, the scoreline was 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 harsh and the Wales were um, very good um, uh, defensively, particularly in this. They never I mean, Ireland never looked like not winning it. On the flip side, right? Um, it never looked like Wales was actually. I'm sure Wales um, caused Ireland some problems, but um, when twelve clean breaks by Ireland, just one by Wales. Um, the only score that Wales have was that. Um, uh, was it was 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 a, was a penalty try because of the uh, um, uh, dropping of the ball. Uh, uh, Ireland short for a man for twenty minutes in that second half, and Wales couldn't take any advantage of the fact that Wales that Ireland were down to fourteen men um, for half of the second half. Uh, couldn't couldn't get another score on. So um, yes, tenacious, but also a bit toothless um, or, 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 or lacking execution um, by 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 Wales. Um, yeah, uh, so I think I think there's a long way for them to go. Um, still, but yes, finding some players is 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 key for them. If I want to pinpoint one small thing, you talk about the scoreboard. The fact that it was over an hour, it was still seventeen seven, and Wales had around that you know, 55, 60 odd minute mark before Ireland scored that next try. They were really pumping hard on the line. That was a key pivotal moment of that game. If they could have got that to seventeen fourteen, I would have really liked to have seen how. Ireland reacted, whether we would have seen a, a complete shift up to a, another gear from them, because they were kind of, you know, they were in control, like you say. Like, there was no way, they didn't look like they were going to lose, but I just wonder if that game going into a a, a, a score or a lead of, of less than five or seven uh, for, for Ireland would have put the massive pressure on them and, and kind of forced their hand to go, hey, we got to step up here. I know what we're up against, and I know what we should be doing, but we ain't doing it. Um, but when they had that 10-point buffer, they kind of just stuck it still in cruise control. I, I would have liked to have seen that Welsh try. You know, 20 minutes to go, three-point game. Um, you know, we thought this morning was a bit of a shocker. That, that could have been right up there as well. Yeah, and look, there's quite a few games this weekend um, across both tournaments where you go, yep, they've got the lead and they're just uh, mm. they're, they're, they're seeing it home. This was kind of one of those um, yep. to a degree. Obviously, uh, a big big defensive shift in that, you said, in that period you're talking about. Uh, but uh, and then those those other two tries then gave them the uh, the try bonus point um, as well, which means so far um, the uh, perfect start for um, for 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 Ireland now um, with the three wins um, from three games, fifteen points um, from that plus eighty one points uh, different uh, points differential, and yeah, they are looking um, supreme. Um, the next best for points differential is Scotland with plus six, which gives you an idea how far ahead Ireland are of the rest of the uh, competition um, in this, or the rest of the teams in this competition. So yes, um, well done to um, uh, to uh, to Ireland there. Wales again, also the thing set piece, sweet set piece out um, as well as well for Wales, losing losing three scrums and two um, two lineouts. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, you, you need a platform if you're going to beat some. You're going to beat Ireland. 
Can I let one last thing for Ireland on this one? And yeah, you're right. There's a lot to work on. I think Wales games like this, they're identifying a lot, which I think it's, it's super productive for them, not only player-wise, but game plan-wise. If anyone's learning the most, I think Wales are learning three times more than anyone else. But with Ireland, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that, how far ahead they are. But they've just played, arguably, the two weakest sides, right, in round two and three with, with Italy and now Wales so on paper, right? They were really convincing. Well, maybe it doesn't look too convincing now looking back at it with France in round one. But at the time, it was like, whoa, Ireland look good. And now they played the two lesser sides. They, I mean, they, they beat Italy really comfortably, but they didn't really pump them, did they? They looked a little bit average. And against Wales, you know, again, for them, they didn't pump them as convincingly. Sure, scoreboard looked good, but I think in their own performance in their minds, they're probably like, that wasn't our best game. Do they look, you know, they can't really look to this tournament for a challenge for themselves. How are they going to, in your mind, set about these last couple of rounds to improve themselves? Because they can't just go into these games going, look, guys, let's just hit out and try to get two, three tries, like we've seen in Super Rugby, you know, and just, just puddle our way forward. They, they want to... They want to test themselves here, and I don't think they're going to get it. Um, where does Ireland, do you think, get this mentally, well, mentally challenge themselves to to better uh, throughout the rest of the Six Nations? Oh damn! So the way you were starting, you're like, "Wow, what do you mean England got a chance next next round?" There <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of where you were going with that one. Um, look, I think they they do have. Well, that, um, that's what I mean because they they can get complacent. Yeah. So I kind of do mean that a bit. That's what I mean. They've got to they've got to mentally challenge themselves to get better. Whereas the last two games, sure they've won easy, but they're kind of, you know, they're just coasting a little bit. And it just feels: are they going to get a wake up call from an opponent that's going to really shock them and they'll lose, or are they going to do you think mentally? How can they stimulate themselves to actually find a challenge in the game to better themselves without having a shocking upset loss? Yeah, I think, look, I think I think I mean, Crowley. Look, he's still growing into that ten role, isn't he? Um, is uh, one of the first things he did in the, uh, um, in the in the Ireland game was to put Johnny Sexton on the big screen um, as he was in the crowd. Right, so straight away it's kind of like, oh look, we found the guy. Um, <laughs> and um, so uh, look, he, he's still got to go a long way uh, to. In fact, I think he's never lost in an Ireland jersey or something silly like wow. that. Um, which is uh, which is kind of which is kind of crazy. Uh, and you're thinking, well. He's not going to win the next. He's not going to lose the next two either. Geez, this is how long is this run going to go for? I mean, um, uh, Jason Ryan had a crazy um, start to his career, where I think for the first year he didn't lose a game for either Leinster or Ireland or something stupid wow. like that. It was like so he went for he went for a, a stupidly long amount of time um, in his career, in his professional career without a loss. Um, now, admittedly, playing for two of the top teams, uh, one of the one of the top three. Um, club teams in the world um, at the time, um, and uh, so basically, yeah, they were going to win all of their URC games. They, they, were, they were only lose potentially the final of the European Cup kind of thing, and they didn't get to face the Crusaders. Uh, and then Ireland at the time again, one of the top three um, sides in the world, and again not having to face South Africa or um, or New Zealand in the Six Nations. So, um, so yeah, so I guess that could be part of part of the problem for Crowley is what does he do when the first time they're actually under pressure. Um, yeah, because he's never he's probably never faced that uh, as, a, as, a, as an island player. Um, I'm trying to think, I can't remember who they are, where they're going um, this summer for their for their summer tour. Um, oh, it's down to South Africa. So, boy, oh boy, he is going to get some um, that. That's he's right. That That's that's the kind of thing. And I think that that's how you keep yourself mentally fresh is guys. We've got two more games and then we go play the world champions. Um, 
then we go play the guys who uh, who we should have been uh, should have been beating in the final, right? We we, we should have been there. That, 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 that's what we should have been. So let's go prove that if we'd got there, we'd have won it. So I think that's how you kind of. And then the game after that is um, is, is the All Blacks in the first game in November. So the next three games mm. uh, uh, after the Six Nations um, are plenty um, to keep um, to keep the players focused. And I think that's what you do. You look forward to those ones and say, right. These are the building blocks we have to put in place in these next two games. So that when we go to South Africa, we're ready. And when we when we see the All Blacks in November, we're ready. Because um, those are games that we, we want to win and show that we're the best in the world, even if we didn't turn up and do it in the actual Rugby World Cup. Mm. Moving on then, up to um, Murrayfield, where for the first time ever, and we are talking about the longest, the oldest and the... Um, international uh, sort of uh, competition between two teams um, being well over a hundred years that these guys have been playing each other and Ireland have never, uh, sorry, and Scotland have never, never won um, the uh, three, uh, uh, sorry, is it three back-to-back games um, against England? And for the first time ever, they did it. They achieved it um, this weekend. So again, stats um, and history making um, for you. And this is a game that England did all the playing to win. They started well. Um, Furbank went over and scored. And then what happens? Well, this big South African winger turns up um, and scores a um, uh, scores a try off a scrum on halfway, uh, which you shouldn't be giving up a try on. And then on turnover ball, runs in from halfway. Um, and then again, uh, when they kick, they got um, and, and um, again another sort of uh, broken field play where they kick and it gets knocked. It gets some. Um, Charged down, so again the kind of turnover ball goes out wide to Vanderflit. So Vanderflit, and he scored. Uh, not Vanderflit, um, oh, the other guy, blank. Vandermeer, thank you. Um, and he um, and he scores another one. And you're like, bloody hell! If it wasn't for him, England would have won this game. Um, the um, so uh, um, so yeah, yeah. I said well over 100 years. So yes, you're quite right. Rockstar writes close to 150 years probably for that match um, there. And have Ireland won a series in South Africa? Um, they've won a game, but I don't think they've won a series um, down there from uh, from memory. But um, I'm sure we'll find out. That that, that, that that will be thrown around a lot um, in the run-up to that that series. Um, but it's only two games, not three, which is interesting. Anyway. Um, draw. The uh, draw one each. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, England, all the play um, for Scotland to suddenly take a lead into half-time. And you're like, oh, geez, guys, what, what else can we do? And you can tell by the end of it, they were asking a question. What else can we do? We've run out of ideas. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so but, oh, a, a horrible one to watch from that point of view um, as an England fan. Or are you going to tell me that actually England were, 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 were thoroughly outplayed by the, uh, by this, by the, by the uh, Scotland neighbours? No, I think England should have kicked more. <laughs> no, no. Scotland kicked more than England. No, 24 no. 32. Anyway, there you go. Oh, no, that was that was just a cheap dig, that one. No, I, I agree with you. I reckon um, I said it at, at the time when we were watching at the end um, that you take away those fortuitous sort of freakish um, chances that Van Amara was incredibly, as it was, able to convert into tries mm. out of the game. Um, England win that one likely quite comfortably because structurally – in just standard rugby play, Scotland very rarely kind of looked like they were going to actually threaten the try line. It was just those freakish sort of 
broken plays, you know, uh, off a turnover with defences set to attack um, and has to quickly uh, switch and everyone's caught out of position and not um, set for defending. That's where Scotland really took their chances. And I mean, it's chances like that you can't rely on. So although it's a brilliant result for Scotland, they, they played outstandingly well. It was a, a fairly entertaining game. Scotland can't look back at this and go, poof, we played well. It's like more like, four. we were bloody lucky to come away of that one because, you know, we got one chap that just had an absolute belter and um, brilliantly, you know, took the chances. Uh, Hugh Jones was the one that made the ultimate break at the start, wasn't it, for their first try? So, yeah, um, yeah, it was it was so, a look, yeah, to, to be, game. To be fair, it wasn't just the big winger. The other, other players did have decent games as well. Yeah, He got the finishes, yeah. But still, yeah. It, it was all fortuitous um, plays or opportunities. Uh, that they took on, but it's a good match. Uh, hey, England actually played some decent sort of rugby. You know, guys in the back line, minus Elliot Daly, actually, you know, got the ball and actually looked like doing something. I think they underutilized Ollie Lawrence uh, big time. They used him as a decoy um, a lot rather than actually a ball carrier. Um, but I think a number of players made a big difference um, for the side. I thought Redpath made a massive difference for Scotland when he came on. Um, his ability just not break tackles, just slither through, you know, like we used to call Conrad Smith, the, the snake, you know, he used to do a similar sort of, sort of thing. Um, and I, I thought, I mean, it, it's hard not to mention it, but um, Faya Boso, man. <laughs> I mean, we only saw him about eight minutes, but man, how does he not start? He, he is, uh, he would fit so well as a guy. We talked about this of Super Rugby last week, you know, given the ball, he's got the acceleration, he's got the agility, he's got the power, he's got the pace. To just make it make something happen, he can beat a guy one on one. He can beat a guy, and I mean that creates a line break, creates opportunities, uh, startles defenses, and that's what you need. Elliot Daly just to thump the ball away. Nah, no thanks. I mean, you know, look at guys like that, and and the impact they can have uh, just just does change it. Yeah, a good fun, a better than expected uh, matchup, and it was good to see Scotland actually held their head a little bit. They didn't fall apart. They didn't drop off later in that game. I think both sides kept their intensity and their performance level at a minimum. They didn't drop off. Uh, they, they got better in patches, but they never really completely fell away from their performance level. So it was a pretty good, decent, high-quality matchup, I thought. Yeah, look, I mean, England, their own worst enemy in this one to, to a certain degree. Look, 22 turnovers um, to 14. Uh, Scotland had 12 scrums. Now, sure, they lost five of them, which was appalling. But England had to England knocked on the ball twelve times. That's criminal at this level. Um, but they only gave up five penalties. Like so many things right, and then just those turnovers and the handling um, that just not looking to be able to look after the ball at times was what undid them in this one. Because gets yes, those um, those opportunities for uh, the, 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 those those counter attacks um, by Scotland. So. But and one of the things that we, we talked about before is that Scotland have a mental issue with a lot of teams. One of them they don't have a mental issue with is England. <laughs> we talked about it's coming into the game that they've beaten England plenty of times recently. They know they can do it. Um, even when England got a big lead, they know that they can still come back and beat them. Right. They, they, so at no point are they going to are they going to lose their heads on again in this game uh, this against this opponent against Ireland? Absolutely. They'll they'll they'll. they'll fall apart against Wales mm. we saw it happen <laughs> but not England yeah. because they've got the experience against that particular team um but so yeah so hence we that's uh we we didn't see that happen uh yeah they were happy to defend 
and just take the chances as they came because they know they can win games that way against England. They don't know that against other teams. And let's be honest, Ireland aren't going to give them 22 turnovers and 12 knock-ons, right, um, on, uh, on, on, on that one. Um, Ross saying there, I'm enjoying the Six Nations. Good balance of attacking play and defence, OMG. Yeah, look, I've, uh, I've enjoyed rugby a lot more this year, put bluntly, than I did last year. Um, now, I don't know if that's because the rugby has improved or whether I'm just avoiding negativity and deciding to enjoy it. Um, so, but um, I'm definitely enjoying it more. So, yeah, well done, Scotland. We've got more games to get through. Um, and I really, there's, there's only so many times I can stab myself in the heart um, talking about it on the <laughs> kind of shows. No, um, I'm done. Well. I'm, move on. No, no, did enough. Go Scotland. Well done. Yes. You know what? Um, Grand Slams did. Uh, for England, yes. That's the other way. <laughs> It's fully alive for Ireland, and it's and it's going and it's happening. The first time ever again for them to do back-to-back Grand Slams will happen. So more stats for you, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> France, Italy. Now, oh eleven minutes into this game, and you're thinking, well, this is pretty easy. <laughs> Ten nil up for um, for France, and they're coasting. Um, and then it all goes wrong for them. Um, mm. They, uh, or, or they just, just can't score for like pretty much the next hour. I mean, they made um, the uh, they, they did get one sort of one extra penalty at some point. Um, I think that was just after half time, wasn't it? But they couldn't score again for the, for the next half hour in the first half. They score a penalty early on in the uh, second half, and then for the next sort of like thirty five minutes, don't score again. Um, even with the um, the red card in there, that is pretty criminal. Um, for a side of uh, the quality we're talking about with France. Remember, we're talking about a side here that people were backing to win the Rugby World Cup that I lost money on because they didn't win the Rugby World Cup um, last year. Um, so to go that length of time without scoring points uh, is, um, is is just criminal for, for a side of this quality. Um, look, hat tip to Italy. I mean, I'll be honest, I've only seen the highlights because I've not actually seen the full, the full game, but hat tip to Italy. That actually, this kept playing and kept themselves in this one. I could so easily, especially in that after in that first, as I say, um, fourteen minutes, what it was, uh, first quarter, they could really have just gone in, into their shells and gone. Oh God, it's another night at the office. Um, <laughs> but no, they kept on playing. Again, look, they've got their weaknesses. Um, losing four of their own scrums um, at, uh, as well. Uh, the um, and um, and not to be able to kick that one one kick. Um, that would have been another famous victory, uh, but um, but yeah, I, you've got to say you had to to them. Actually, they, they just kept in this one. They didn't get um, uh, they didn't yeah they didn't didn't, didn't lose their heads uh, against the team that they that everyone basically didn't give them the chance to beat. Yeah, well, we kind of said about Italy previously, haven't we? And, and most of this tournament, really, they've never really completely shut up shop and fallen off the tree and you know just completely gone gone home before the game's finished. They've always kind of whether it be their own sort of tempo or their own sort of plan they've got that maybe um, aside from the game or the result, you know, if they're getting pumped, but even you know, against Ireland, the, the scoreline suggested much like different Wales that they got uh, completely tipped up and stole all their lunch money and went home with nothing in their back pocket. But they still performed and I think developed and uh, produced at their own sort of level, you know, for what they can sort of look to do at a result from that. So, Gone are the days where they're just going to, to lie down and roll over for you because for them, you know, it's so they may lose by 30 points, but then come away with a couple of tries or, you know, if they can go again, that long period where defensively they were sound and 
are managing to to shut another team out. It's, it's positives and plus, and it's development for their game. So I think they're actually starting to play with a little bit of um, a little bit of a, a plan as to what they want to achieve from their games, and that that kind of looks as to how they play as well in the match wears out. I thought, see, seeing that try and an early penalty go down so early, I was like, this doesn't look good. And hey, France, maybe they're back. Um, and then. Maybe France are the ones that got this lunch money stolen and they went home early uh, because, boy, they just – something is just uh, – who was I said that? Just not right with them. They're, they're missing something. I I don't buy into the whole, oh, it's all DuPont. It's all about DuPont. And now they've lost DuPont. They've gone to complete um, shambles. It's not that. A, a scrum half doesn't help you line out. A scrum half doesn't help, um, you know, what your outside backs do, you know, when they're four or five passes down the line or when he's buried in Iraq. You know, he has an impact. He has a threat. He, he has a um, a way of manipulating defenders and, and opening for his, his teammates. But the talent is still vastly there. There's no shortage of talent in that team. But to just produce so little for 70 minutes of that game um, is almost criminal, really. It really is. And again, for me, the Italians... We talk. I talk about moral victories every time on the show. They are the ones probably absolutely distraught that they didn't come away with a 16-13 win. But man, oh man, uh, they should be pretty damn proud of how they played. And they, much like Wales, you know, they learn a lot. And they've got depth as well. To see a team like, oh, they've got X and Y and Z missing. And um, here comes, you know, A, B and C and bang, they perform. Uh, it really is a massive changer for them. So, um, really impressed with a lot of players. Um, Minicello, for me, um, coming in on that right wing, I thought he had a, a storming game uh, for the Italians. And, you know, like the usual suspects, the Capazos as well, uh, were outstanding. But, man, I just, I just, I, don't, I can't lay, I can't put it on France, man. Um, the, the red card for Dante, I mean, that sums up his whole um, Six Nations, doesn't it? He's been majorly average. Uh, but, yeah, well played. Italy, France, I don't know, man. I don't know. You've got you've got troubles, and as a personnel, as a, a game plan, I mean, it's it seems like it's a lot. Um, yeah, and uh, they have France have to go away to Wales. Wales will be looking at this one now, going bloody oh, hell! Yeah. If 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 Italy can do that, we can yes. do something here, boys. Let's go now. Italy have got actually got a better better attack than Wales, but uh, Wales probably yes. got better defence um, than, than, than Italy. So. Um, so there is, there is going to be that problem there of, of yeah, can Wales actually just score enough points? They can stop France from scoring points, absolutely. Um, if Italy can uh, can can uh, can keep it to thirteen, then I don't see why Wales could, can't be able to do, should be able to do that as well. Um, but, but as you say, yeah, Dante, um, look, and uh, if everyone goes, oh, yeah, but it, it was just an accidental head clash. Sorry, we all know if you go in, if you don't bend your hips and actually go tackle and, and actually tackle low, then um, you're opening yourself up for uh, for this kind of thing. Um, the whole point of trying to get people to tackle low is that they're trying to get the the heads out of the same space, right? You, 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 you have the attacker's head at one height, the defender's head at the other height, then they're not going to hit each other. And it's the defender's responsibility to get down. And he didn't. He went in high. Sure, his shoulder didn't hit or his arm didn't hit him in the head. Um, and uh, But he went in with his head high and uh, that... you. you, you that can happen. It's reckless. It's dangerous. Both of them were were were, were sparked after it. They neither of them were, were in a good space at all. Um, so yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah, no, I've got no problem with it, with with 
Um, with that part of refereeing, I've got no problem with most refereeing this weekend. A little bit perhaps at the end of this game, um, where the, the referee um, didn't uh, keep control of France. Look, it's a penalty. You have to stand back 10 and you have to stand still. Um, encroaching like that and going, uh, keep, keep it. he was more interested in keeping track of the clock than he was of what was happening on the pitch and the players, right? Um, that clock should have been stopped or reset and the players should have been sent back um, and uh, the, the guy should be allowed to, um, uh, to, to take a proper run up, a proper, a proper kick um, in within the proper time rather than um, all that charging. Now, I don't know if the laws allow um, the referee to do that, to reset the clock and send them all back. Um, it does allow him to potentially give a free kick. Um, uh, so a bit like when you um, you take your, your your conversion and the guy's running up and it's like, sorry, you you, you got in the way. You went and uh, he gets another go. Um, what, they could, what he could have done is gone. Um, sorry, guys, you encroached. So, yes, he missed that. No advantage. Um, have a free kick. Now, admittedly, having a free kick, they can't kick a goal again. Um, so that would have been so that would in some ways is a good thing for for, for France, but um, at least it would have given them um, the uh, the opportunity to keep keep playing um, after that. Um, but as be as suppose no one gave Italy the width of a goalpost um, to win a to win a game at the end of the day. So look, Italy did well um, to get there, and they should have. This is one they can look at and go, we should have won. And I don't think any of us were walking into this. Um, uh, this one. Um, Nocturnal Rights says a new penalty awarded. Sorry, no, but that's not the laws, unfortunately. So, you, so the referee can't do that um, on that in, in that in you, that case. You can't but, give um, a free kick. A free, if you get a, if you got a free kick for charging a penalty, I'm I'm charging every penalty because you are literally nullifying the chance of giving away three points to giving a team the option to kick for touch that gives you the line out. Because a free kick, you don't get a line out back or a tap. No, I mean I, I'm charging every I'm charging every penalty. Oh, every single penalty because oh, you're getting carded. You're getting carded and sent off. But um, yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, I totally you know what I'm yeah. saying. Um, because you're going to nullify that three points. You're literally you're getting the option to trade up someone taking a penalty three for a free kick. That's not a fair trade. Um, I think you should just stop, stop. You'll bugger the hell off where you're getting sent off. Um, anyone moves, it's an instant yellow. Reset the clock. Reset your kick. Start every run from fresh. Anyone moves. Literally, that ass muscle, it's a card. Um, and have another go. That that water boy that was on the field, so someone mentioned that as well, or the, the water man, whatever the hell he was, water person. Yep. Get out of here. The, literally, the game is ending in about six seconds. They don't need a drink. They're not going to get standing still for six seconds. Um, sorry, you can bugger off as well uh, and reset. Or, like you said, take the kick. <clears throat> if it's missed or we took too long, okay, start again. Have a re-go. Um, yep. free kick for me is no, nowhere near it um, at all. Um, <clears throat> so, nah, that was that was poor. Um, that was probably the worst referee thing. But I, I feel like the Italian was a bit out of his depth too in the, in the opening game between Ireland and Wales. I kind of feel like they assigned that game being like, who's going to get smashed the most out of Scotland and England and Ireland or Wales? Because he can't referee Italy, clearly. Yep. Oh, Wales, Wales won't touch Ireland. Uh, I, I, he wasn't bad, um, but I just feel like some calls he made, he was just struggling to keep up and struggling to make his decisions in time. You know, he, felt, he kind of looked like he was a bit rushed uh, and just made calls, you know, just to get a call, right? Because he knew he had to make some call. So, hey, we spoke about this in the opening game, right? How do you get experience? You play in these games. Um, so, sure, you'd only done about six or eight USC games, I think, before this. Um, so, yeah, not a massive experience, but 
you've got to get to games to play the games. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think I don't. He wasn't biased. I just think he missed a lot of things that maybe more experienced referee would have would have picked up, or he ruled them kind of a bit inconsistently with you know what he, what other things he was saying. But I don't think he was biased. Definitely not. So uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, fairly unfair. <laughs> <laughs> um, a question from Ross uh, did the smart mouth guard register for the Italian player high tackled by Dante I have no idea when uh, they're, they're not yeah. giving us indication as to they when they were both covered in blood they both went off sure both... but they, they yeah but we don't we don't know whether they went off because they're covered in blood um, or someone watched it or we yeah we don't know what the technology said now look is the is the technology perfect no it's new is the technology a step in the right direction Absolutely. Will it be perfect? No. Um, there, there, there will be issues um, around it and improving it. But um, but uh, players uh, um, signing off and going, oh, what's going on? Or or um, or, uh, or post match interviews of, oh, I don't, I'm not sure we should be doing that. So it should send us off, uh, Mr. Scott Barrett. Um, the uh, no, except look, yes, it's for our safety. It's doing the right thing. We're heading the right, right direction. There will be issues when it, as uh, when it when it's when it's happening. When it's new, uh, and those those will be those will be ironed out. Um, is so, um, yeah. No, me, I'm fully behind these um, these gum shields, uh, and I think they're they're a good step in the right direction. So here, here you go. Um, just if you want to be a real rule stickler, I noticed that nocturnal asks what the actual sanction is for not standing still. So the actual laws of the game for a penalty goal: um, if a team indicates to the referee they intend to kick a goal. Um, they must uh, kick a goal, blah, 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 blah. Um, the opposing team must stand still with their hands by their sides from the time the kicker starts to approach to kick until the ball is kicked. Um, further down, it does say if the opposing team infringes while the kick is being taken, but the kick is successful, the goal stands and a further penalty is not awarded. If the kick is unsuccessful, the non-offending team is awarded a penalty 10 metres in front of the original mark. That's law. Okay. There we go. So he should okay. So yeah, he should have been given another shot, up. ten meters yep. forward. Yep, ten meters forward. Yep. Um, and he wouldn't have missed the second chance. I'm pretty sure. No. So yeah. So Italy, Italy, hard done by there um, on that one. Robbed. Uh, but um, as we said before, though, if you're leaving it up to one call by the referee, um, you shouldn't be leaving the game up to that. So yeah, it's, it's Italy, though. It's... <laughs> that close was a great. You know, you kind of feel bad because them to get in that position was a phenomenal effort, right? And you just oh, yes. feel like, damn, you know, it's not like they played poorly and they escaped. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have lifted up to that. It's like, damn, you guys played really well to get to this position. And you don't deserve that, you know? If it was the other way around, it was France, they missed. You're going, well, France, come on, you should have been 20 points up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you kind of feel a bit more sorry for it because it's Italy. So that means the uh, the table um, is uh, is kind of uh, um, interesting at the moment. So um, obviously Ireland clear with 15 points, uh, looking perfect. Scotland in second place with nine points. Um, followed by England in third with eight points. So we'll we'll close there um, between those two, um, with uh, Scotland um, still having to play Ireland. Um, well, actually, both sides still have to play Ireland um, out of those two. Um, France then in uh, in fourth on um, on six points, and then tight at the bottom with Wales on three with three losing bonus points, um, and Italy on three with two points for a draw and a losing bonus point. Um, so. Um, uh, so if you want to know uh, what you like, Wales, how'd they get lose three losing bonus points? They didn't. They got a try bonus point and yeah. two losing bonus points is how they've got their three points. Um, yes, they got nothing out of the Ireland game um, for that one for that one uh, one penalty try. If I can add one last thing on the Six Nations, 
looking mm-hmm. at France, France and Wales, just France, the problems of France, 17 points, um, a very lucky 20 points against Scotland. Let's be honest, probably should have been 13 as well. And then 13 against Ireland. They're not scoring a stack of points, are they? Most of the teams you look at through the fixtures, you know, Scotland scoring 30s, um, Ireland's in the 30s quite easily, you know, um, they're not up there with the with the good of the teams. Uh, and England, I mean, England's even scoring the high 20s as well. So just not getting the points on the board. And when you've got, you know, that super weapon uh, on the wing that's not getting the ball, uh, not getting the chances, not delivering his chances. I mean, he was amazing for Bordeaux literally a month, six weeks ago. Um, and Damien Pinot, and now he's has he even scored a try in this tournament, maybe one. Uh, it just makes you wonder what's going on, what the difference is, and why that, you know, we talked about it pre-tournament, that Bordeaux connection between that back line isn't working the same. Uh, why is that going so wrong? And Wales' defence against a team that struggled to make 20 points, I think they'll be, I'll be, they'll be happy. Yeah, if you look at the, actually, the, the, the order of the teams in, in this, um, and it uh, totally reflects the, um, the points for Ireland have scored 105, Scotland 73, England 64, France 50, Wales 47, Italy 37. Right, it's, it's the the order of the table is the exact same as the order of points scored, not points yeah. against because um, that's that 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 mixes things up. But points for is what's deciding it. And at the end of the day, well, that's what we want, isn't it? Attacking teams or teams that have got a good scoring points to get rewarded and to be further up the table. So from that point of view, it's working. Um, not much to fix here. Um, he says around that side of things on Six Nations, apart from when during the year it's played. But never mind, we won't go there. Um, and by the way, my uh, my one dollar on Italy at um, sixteen to one didn't quite come off. Um, Money back, close. come so on. Close. Money back, <laughs> come on. No, didn't get my money back or anything. Um, so yeah, very close. Um, moving on then to the um, Super Rugby, and um, it kicks off with. Um, a, a cracking matchup of uh, the Chiefs um, versus the um, Crusaders. And uh, lots of people walking out of this one going, oh, it's typical. The Crusaders always start slowly. Um, and using uh, using those um, kind of, uh, of cliches. Now, um, facts for you. Stat. Stat. <laughs> um, here is a list of all of the opening games that the Crusaders have ever, have ever had every year. Um, if we look at uh, Vince Stewart, not very good there. But then again, he came 12th overall and lost his opening game. Who is Vince I, Stewart? No idea. No, <laughs> neither. If you, if you look at the names of the uh, head coaches for the Crusaders, and he go, uh, yeah, Vince Stewart, who? Wayne Smith, know him. Robert Deans, hey, he's pretty good. <laughs> Todd Blackadder, okay, recognise him, but yeah. <laughs> know the name, no. trash coach. You know the name. <laughs> um, Scott Robertson, yeah, pretty good. Rob Penny, you've got some living up to do. Let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> to be in that company um, is um, is pretty impressive. So Wayne Smith, um, three three seasons, two wins and one loss, and two champion oh, and uh, two championships. Vance Stewart, I know Vance Stewart. Yes, okay. I oh, know Vance that Stewart. Name. Oh, sorry. As, as, uh, oh, there's um, there's been some um, uh, uh, autocorrect has happened in my copy and paste. <laughs> sorry, guys. Now uh, I'm on it. Typing in. Um, so Wayne Smith, two wins, one loss from his starts. Um, Robbie Deans, um, in his seasons, five wins, four losses. So again, um, slightly better than, than worse. Scott Robertson, um, six wins, one loss. I hope, yeah, yeah, because Scott Robertson's uh, Crusaders were such slow starters, they only ever lost one opening game. Um, 
it's all about just that 2011 through to 2016 under Todd Blackadder. Even Todd Blackadder won his first two opening games in the first years, but then went five losses to one win. Um, and uh, everyone's taking their building their entire thing around. Oh, the Crusaders start slowly on six years of their existence. Now, relatively recent six years, admittedly. And to be fair, in those six years, they did make um, two finals um, and uh, two semifinals. They didn't win anything, obviously, because Todd, Black, Todd Blackadder um, is the uh, the worst um, coach ever for uh, the Crusaders so far. Um, but um, the uh, uh, but still, they didn't get to two finals in those situations. So um, so to me, look, this this idea of them being slow starters um, is um, is is uh, bullshit. Um, at the end of uh, at the end of the day, um, to uh, to to quote my um, uh, to quote Francois Francois um, Tomaso um, from uh, the uh, cycling podcast, which I listen to. Um, <laughs> the uh, so there we go. Um, so yeah, so let's just get um, get that out of the way um, first off. Um, Fine hacky, uh, first half rubbish, um, and second half much better. Yes, I was thinking the first half. What the hell? He's having a horrible game. Um, then comes back and scores a try and um, and uh, looks um, uh, looks really good um, for um, for for them. Uh, but um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely not down to slow starters um, is my uh, my opinion on um, on this one. Thing. If my maths is right, is it uh, thirteen losses and sixteen wins over the uh, twenty nine years? Wow, twenty nine years of Super Rugby. Look, he's counting, 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 counting. 16 wins. Yeah. 16 13, wins. 13 losses. One, two, Should be right, right? Anyway, Chiefs, first half, brilliant, yep, outstanding, brilliant. exciting. Um, they looked really good. Uh, but I think, look, I think the Chiefs played what we kind of expected, right? They they played they played well. Um, and they blew. I think the, the big thing about this game was the Crusaders, how poor they were in that first half. And then they actually came and played in the second half and the Chiefs were like, oh, we're doing really well. They kind of like you said before, you know, about teams kind of getting themselves a lead and then just trying to coast home. You can't coast home against the Crusaders. I don't care what Crusaders it is. You, you just don't coast home because I did find it interesting. They asked what harsh words were said at half time um, for the Crusaders and and uh, Penny goes, oh, no, no, no. You know, we don't say that sort of thing. Uh, but boy, but I tell you what, there would have been some hard words said somewhere for those players because that's just not what that team is, that no matter what players, you know, there's enough of that culture left, enough of that core uh, left to to want to be what they were last season. But, yeah, really good second half. I think the Chiefs have got, like, talk about this preseason, right? Injury concerns. Long season already. Like, I've not seen anything about Damon McKenzie yet, and I think a lot of their season is going to pivot on him. Um, that first, okay. first yes, half. I was going to say that was the one that, that, yeah, that actually the second half, Damon McKenzie goes off in 44 minutes, and funnily yep. enough, um, that's when they go wrong. Um, the headline in stuff is that um, that uh, the Chiefs breathe sigh of relief with Dave McKenzie cleared of oh. serious injury. So is he out for weeks, or um, is he going to be fine this weekend? So, um, so uh, just, I haven't actually read it yet as to um, uh, what, what it was, reading. but yeah, so he came off with a, due to a rib injury, um, apparently, which is what happens when uh, um, Levi Moore um, hits you. <laughs> funnily, um, funnily enough, um, but uh, yeah, Clayton. He got a good one on him, and he's hurting. Um, uh, no point breaking him this early. Get no shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so they think it's just um, a bruising and nothing more. So we hopefully be back um, back pretty soon. 
if not uh, not straight away. I think there's a little, little bit more about that than just him, though. I think they lost. I think Chiefs lost direct lost direction in their their attack, but I think that the United State has certainly showed up a lot more. But I, the Chiefs did uh, lax off a bit. They just looked to to roll home really with it, and you know I just don't think you can afford to do that. I. I'm concerned with the Crusaders about how they're going to play. They looked very reluctant to use any sort of backline weapons, didn't they? Levi Amoa. Uh, what, mm. one touch in the first half, which he knocked on. Um, very few touches in the second half, then subbed for Ryan Crotty. I mean, this is 2024, not 2014, uh, which is just, you know, bizarre that they think that that might be their answer to the midfield. Uh, especially when you're a team trailing and you want to attack to score. You want weapons on the field. If they were leading by 10 and they'd half an hour to go, I could understand a Ryan Crotty sub more because, you know, they're going to experience defensiveness and, um, you know, leadership. That would I kind of get, but man, uh, they could have done so much more uh, with that game with their weapons they had with the Crusaders. So I, I kind of concerned about the game plan, uh, the changes with the new coaching staff and how that's going to see the team go through. But yeah, they went on to the Chiefs though. They started very hot and that's a good way to put pressure on and, you know, it's easier to um, lead a game than just to chase a game because you always got that on your side and use the clock uh, as a weapon for the opposition. So well, well done to the Chiefs to get the season off to a good start. And let's be honest, you know, it, it needed a good game to draw attention, right? And it yep. wasn't a great game, but it was, it was, I think it was good enough for people to go, ah, okay, cool, Super Rugby's back. Yeah, look, um, key moment, Noctoros, uh, was Enona Satoro's 50-22. Now, from memory... No, um, shouldn't have counted. Yes, I was going to say. Um, from yeah, the player was held held back at that point, and I thought that they should have been a, a penalty to um, to to the Crusaders. So the, the Crusaders, I think, got the I think the, the Chiefs got the rub of the green from the referee. Now I'm not saying referee was horrible and um, decided the game, but I say I think I think they had the uh, the rub of the green green in this one. They're not going to in other games because that's just how uh, how these things even themselves out over the season. Um, so. Um, uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I think they got they got a bit lucky occasionally on this one, um, but uh, yeah, you you got to you got to ride your luck and uh, and make it pay for you, um, and they did that. So there you go. Um, Joshuani was good after an early error. Yeah, we're gonna. It's um, I, I'm not confident with Joshuani as the backup for Dan McKenzie. I think there's a massive drop off there. Perhaps one of the uh, the biggest drop offs. Um, and then when you think that they've let go, players like um, uh, Bryn Gatland and uh, Bruce Rayhana have left. Um, the Chiefs, you kind of like, yeah, that that's that, that number ten stocks, especially with um, Caleb Trask um, being out for the season already, um, are looking pretty thin for the Chiefs. Um, if uh, if yeah, if if Dmac does have to miss a few games um, here and there, um, look, they're already missing Quint Pyre um, through concussion. Um, for, for, for for and he's a so he's it's a real bad for him because um, and there's a couple of players that you've got to think, geez, Quint Pyre, look, he missed the Rugby World Cup because of injury and had a big. Got wrote off his last last season, and uh, so we'd like to see him actually have a run of games unin- uninjured. Would be nice. Um, Tomasi Williams as well pulling off after having a fantastic break um, by the lock. So sad to see him go off, and let's hope he's not out for too long. Um, but that's um, looking like a hammy or something like that. So I think one of those the ones it's uh, you do not want to rush back from. Otherwise, you kind of just do it straight again. Um, and maybe a lesson for him: don't try to run so hard in the loose. Right. What yeah, realize that you, you 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 you're good you're good for five to ten meters and after that just ease off a little bit otherwise you might break yourself okay don't um, don't be Taliana two point two point oh don't yeah, be that 
Yes, this is not your job, okay? Your job is in the tight stuff and for short distances, not that stuff. I'll let someone else do that. Um, I'm sure they're happy for you to, to let someone else do that one as well. Pass it off, yeah. Hey, final final point on this game. Um, I think the Crusaders are going to be better for this loss, win, or whatever result it was. But uh, much like the game plan, I'm a bit, a bit concerned about Dallas McLeod. I wasn't impressed by him at all. Um, didn't look, I mean, didn't look like a team player as much as it's sad to kind of say that. Uh, didn't look like a team player, didn't look like a good decision maker. But I did like what I saw from likes of Ray Hanna as well. I, I think their, their pack will just grow and get better. There's too much experience in that team. Uh, and it's not very often you see it and you go, um, well, the Chiefs actually getting enough ball to actually score points from their pack because their back line was a lot better than I think than their forward pack was. So uh, much very Chiefs-like, but uh, the Crusaders, don't don't write them off. That is a guarantee. Um, the, uh, yeah, look, David Havili can, can fix a lot of those problems, I think, by replacing... Um, uh, get yeah, get McLeod out and uh, getting that decision making and, and and yeah, utilizing those wonderful players outside him. Um, so yeah, he'll be back soon. Um, even so Simu only touched the ball a couple of times, didn't he? One, he scored the try and he only got a couple of other touches. So you, you well, can't have Almoor, Reese, and stuff like that not getting good service or not getting the, the service was there. They just weren't getting the ball. That, that was yeah. it. Oh, uh, yeah, Reese, yeah. The only time he got the balls, he went to the back of the ruck and picked it up himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. That's, that's not good. Not good. Um, actually, another one, going back to that point about um, the, we didn't read the right attacks at the half-time, that I think shows you that the players were disappointed in themselves, right? And that actually they didn't need to have the right attack read to them because they knew that they weren't good enough. And when you've got that self-policing yeah. in a squad, that's really good and makes coaching a hell of a lot easier when you don't have to be the one shouting at them telling you, you've done something wrong. It's like, yeah, yeah, coach, sorry, we know we did it wrong. Um <laughs> Please tell us how to fix it. Right. Where you fix it is this, isn't this? I don't have to rip rip, rip, rip an ass and you asshole in you first um, yeah. before you realize you're doing it wrong. Um, so I think that's actually a good sign um, for the Crusaders. Yeah. Experience core. Yeah. Um, next up then, the uh, Melbourne Rebels versus um, the uh, Brumbies. Um, clearly not the same kind of headline act um, as, the, uh, as, as the first game, um, but a lot more running rugby in this one, um, amazingly enough. Um, 572 metres by the Rebels and 604 um, by the Brumbies. Now, admittedly, that did go along with um, 64 missed tackles in this game, which is a crazy number. Um, the Brumbies, who won it, missed 42 tackles, and they wow. still won this game 30 to 3. I mean, that is um, that is crazy um, on um, on that one. <laughs> Dr. Wright's awful game. Goodwin Solicio, Tool, and mm. Kale. Look, at the end of the day, Kale. What did the Brumbies have to do? Give it to Tool twice, um, <laughs> get a lead, and then just cruise home at the end of the day. Um, I don't think we learned much about the Brumbies in this one, um, apart from the fact that they aren't, that they're not a killer team with a foot in the throat. Otherwise, this one would have blown right out. Um, so the um as, as Ultra say, yeah, Brumbies didn't play, uh, didn't actually play that well. They didn't need to. They they played to the level of the opposition, right? They got themselves ahead and then just did the big brother thing. Hold the hand out, and uh, and Big Brother swinging away, and they go yes, whatever, um, and um, and finish it off because yeah, the, the rebels their only score um, was a penalty, and you kind of like you're so far behind already. You're taking that three to make sure you don't get zero, aren't you? You're not trying to get any points here. It's like okay, um, we don't want to be zeroed, folks. Put it over while we've got a chance, please. Um, so yes, rebels 
look, everything about the moment about the rebel is is negative. Let's be honest, and I think that's, and um, it must be hard being a player there. So I don't think it's all on the players and all on the coaches. Um, there's an awful lot of stuff behind the scenes, not making it easy for them. Um, and uh, it'd be nice to see some bit, something better from the rebels, but um, with all that going on behind the scenes, I'm not sure we'll see that. Jeez, I, I was about to, um, literally reading the mind of me, um, Simon, I was about to mention that the crowd was pretty poor in Melbourne as well, uh, heading for the big super round there uh, this weekend. But look, you talk about, you know, how good it was to see Lola Seo uh, playing well. And um, the contrast was how bad Carter Gordon was because boy, oh boy, he was really, really, really bad. And I look at that team and I kind of mentioned it before the game. On paper, they looked like, they should be decent enough, but I feel so sorry. Andrew Callaway, as that game went on, Andrew Callaway did more and more, and he was getting the ball more and more and demanding the ball because the the rest of the team just weren't even making any sort of inroads or any sort of, I can't say effort because that's probably a bit too harsh, but they just didn't seem to be able to um, push their way through on attack or make any incisions into the the, uh, defensive line at all, whereas Callaway was but he was very much uh, the lone soldier out there, which is a real, real shame to see him. And uh, Rob Liotta, I thought Rob Liotta, again, carried a lot of ball, made a lot of hard, hard meters. But often, you know, he makes the meter carrying three guys for five, but there's no one else there with him. And so he's under pressure carrying the ball. He's under pressure at the breakdown. He's under pressure to recycle. And it's just like, man, help the guy out. You know, you're not a bunch of slackers here. You're fully good players, but... One man that did cop it, though, uh, Jack Maunder. Oh, he copped it, man. Um, not a great game. Um, but, man, the Stan Sport guys gave him absolute stick. Halftime interview telling him how he was playing poorly, not keeping up the speed of the game, should be box kicking more. And it's like, are, are the coaches or the commentators out here? <laughs> um, and then literally the second half, absolutely ripping the guy to shreds. Good game or bad game? Um, it's... Sure, criticise his plays, um, but I don't think you really saw him out there telling how he's playing and stuff like that in a halftime interview. I thought that was a bit, a little, a little bit too far from them there. But yeah, he was. Look, it's easy to look bad when you're in a bad team. Um, but maybe Carter Gordon will be looking back and saying, "Hey, um, am I not getting the ball?" You know, uh, he didn't like passing long. He, he liked keeping short, uh, and his, his 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 work to the breakdown was a bit slow as well. So it's, it's easy to be critical of him, but man, they really did lay into him there. Um, on the commentary crew, which <laughs> I kind of felt sorry for him, uh, but couldn't disagree. Yeah. So, um, look, I think we'll, we, yeah, we're going to need to learn a lot more about the Brumbies over the next few weeks um, than than this. This because uh, I mean, a lot of us have the Brumbies down uh, as, as being definitely the best team in Australia, um, and yep. uh, the one team that's the one Australian team that can potentially go deep into the into the uh, into the final series. Um, so, yeah, we need to learn a lot more a lot more about them um, than, than we did in this game. Um, against the Rebels because yeah the Rebels showed us that they are a bottom three team um, and uh, yeah we'll see them down there and they won't be they won't be troubling the uh, the finals at all um, as they're all searching around for new contracts to sign. Uh, and so Tupo will be in year. the hospital. He he ain't lasting the season. There's no way that guy is lasting the season. Yeah, look, he he clearly had some sort of injury and and didn't want to be out there, did he? After that, he's gone like oh, I've got I've got a hit. I don't want to really break my hand, wasn't it? Um, yeah, something like that. So, so he really wasn't well, yeah, he wasn't happy out there. Um, but did but did continue. Um, so yeah, so I want to see a bit better from him. Uh, now look, it's tough your first game back after a big injury. Um, so um, so look, I, I, so I'm not, not going to judge uh, him and his entire season off this one game. 
but um, the uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough doing that and right. tough regaining your confidence in a side that's not winning, which is what he's. Oh, sure. I, I just think his body. I just struggle to see his body holding up. It's just the last two years has just been such a struggle for him. It's one injury after another. And I, yeah, you know, it's not him. Um, there could be something to do with how he prepares or, or whatever. I don't know, but um, same deal as performances. I just, it, it just, yeah, you yeah, so wonder it's if he's not, gonna it's make not, it. It's not a personality point you're making. You're making, no. you're, yeah, it's a physical point you're making. Yeah, yeah, and I, and and I'm not. You know, it's 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 kind of upsetting to see because he's such a good player, and you want to see him out there doing, you know, pulling his hamstring like um like Tomati Williams does. You know, runs like that. That's what we know and what we want to see from him. Um, and it's just sad uh, because he not only can he he can't get the confidence and the fitness to get up to his good game, um, and he's just kind of plodding around trying to find it. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so not much to learn from that game apart from the fact that we know that su- the Super Round next weekend will be a failure um, for as far <laughs> as um, fans go. Uh, but I think we we knew that looking at what happened last year um, in, in Melbourne. But look, the Melbourne government um, paid the money. Um, and that's why it's uh, that's why they get super round at the end of the day, um, because they they will they're willing to suffer the cash. Now, this is the uh, the, the typical rugby thing of um, short term cash um, to, uh, to to plug holes rather than long term planning as to how we can get actually um, big crowds and sell out stadiums every weekend, which is what we should be doing as the only bloody show in town um, in Aust- in New Zealand. Right? What else have you got to do on a um, on a, on a on a Saturday night in Dunedin or in Hamilton, um, look, there, there isn't there isn't a lot of other you, 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 there isn't um, a lot of other big shows in town, right? There's no other big sporting events to compete with. You are the big sporting event, um, so everybody who likes sport should be there, uh, and you're failing to do that um, at the end of the day. Uh, so yes, now I admit, look in Australia, in uh, in Sydney. Um, and uh, and Melbourne, it's a bit different, right? There are other shows in town. Um, Canberra, not so much so. Um, the uh, Canberra's not your not not your hip and happening place so much. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Simon, but Dunedin does have the Otago Nuggets later in the month. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I love the work that the NBL are doing about trying to grow basketball in New Zealand, they are not a top tier competition. They work the hard, though. Super rugby is right. Super rugby is one of the top, the top, rug, uh, top domestic leagues in rugby globally. The NBL is not right. It's not the NBA. It's not even the Australian NBL. It knows its place, right? It is a development league, three or four tiers down. Well, about that, that, three tiers down. Um, and they understand that, and they're happy in there, and they, and, and and they cut their cloth according to it, um, and so forth. To be a, to, to say they're a challenger. To, to a uh, to a Highlanders game is actually uh, not a um, uh, is, is is not actually a, a, a they, they shouldn't be. According to Sky, NBL games had higher TV audiences than selected Super Rugby matches last year. Well, okay, if you're going to do a midnight game between um, the Force and the Rebels, of course you're going to have a better audience than that, right? I'm sorry, but yes, if you want to select Super Rugby matches, you can select Super Rugby matches that will have a low turnout. Playing games that kick off at midnight and finish at two o'clock in the morning, you're not going to get a good audience for that, folks, um, because people are people are asleep, right? So look, you, you're going to find those, but yeah, no, they the Nuggets should not be challenging um, the uh, 
um, uh, the, the Highlanders for attendance. They do market very well, though. The NBA markets very aggressively and very NBL. well. And NBL, what did I say? NBA. Oh, NBA. <laughs> the NBL, sorry, does market very well. It pushes, right? It's out there. You know what's on. You know what's starting. You know who the teams are playing. Um, they're, because, because they are a lower tier, they want to improve. That's what I think the problem with rugby is. is like, oh, we're, we're top. You should know when the tournament's starting. You know, you should know when your games are on. Well, I don't have to tell you. Um, and they do really well to fill their little stadiums, you know. And people know when they're on. They distribute tickets. They give out free tickets. It's very easy to get an NBL uh, free ticket to a Sharks game down here. I can tell you that much for free. You know, businesses give them away um, all the time. So they market very, very, very well. And they fill stadiums. They do it well. They, they should be in charge of rugby. Look, don't be wrong. I say, wonderful league run very, very well. But it shouldn't yes. be competing with Super Rugby. It, it shouldn't. Super Rugby should not be seeing it as a as a competitor. Um, the, the the Highlanders should not be worrying. Oh God, we've got a clash with Otago Nuggets this weekend. We might not get a turnout. Sorry, that should not be a concern. Um, it shouldn't the? Uh, it might be, unfortunately, for them, but, but it yeah. shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't. <laughs> the Otago Nuggets what, have a what maybe a, 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 a three five thousand seater stadium. I mean, it's um, whereas the uh, whereas. Forsyth Bar is what 30, 20, 30,000? I mean, uh, they cut it all down there and the open one end. So it's probably only well, it should 80, be 20. But the, the, the size of the of the um, of, of the, the venue they're playing in is light years difference, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the um, so yes, um, the um, SEN, uh, the radio station owned the Otago Nuggets. Oh, very interesting. Um, but SEN unfortunately have collapsed, and they've uh, so oh, so for those of you outside of the uh, of New Zealand, we have one sports radio station, um, and uh, that collapsed. Uh, well, that got shut down during during COVID um, by the uh, by the people who were well, they've been trying to shut it down for for, for a while, and they, and COVID was the excuse they used in the end. SEN um, Sports Entertainment um, Network, which is based out of Australia, set up their own radio station here to to fill that gap, um, and have uh, given up. And have collapsed and sold the radio station to uh, the TAB or the uh, the well the only the only bookie in town in New Zealand. Now the book now T, the TAB used to have its own radio station, but they shut that down. So interesting that they're going back to trying to run that again. So um, yeah, the TAB do not have a great record of running radio stations or any kind of um, sports media. To be blunt, um, so yes, so good for them. Yeah, not easy running a, radio. a sports radio station here. Call me up. Um, sorry. I got a face for radio. They should call me up. <laughs> yeah, we. If you've got, if yeah, if you want to fill your your your, your radio from uh, from from one o'clock in the morning till five, we'll talk for four hours about 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 sport yeah. every night. If you want us to, I more can talk than to myself to. for hours um, and yes. someone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did we tweet about five hours on a Saturday night? Didn't we? Uh, yeah, we did Easy. actually. Yes. So yeah, so so folks, um, if you are looking for someone to accompany you to watch the um. To watch your rugby at the weekend, then check out um, Cornflakes channel. Um, I'll be popping on for as many as I can. Um, so I was supposed to pop on for the England Scotland game, but I was just too not. I just wasn't awake enough to talk. So sorry about that, folks. Um, but we did do the uh, the um, uh, the Crusader, the, sorry, the Chiefs Crusaders game and the uh, Rebels um, uh, the Brumbies game. Um, so, uh, but then decided, yeah, that we weren't going to bother with the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, so Hurricanes game. No, we did the other ones round. We no, no, we, we did the Reds and the Waratahs, and we did the Highlanders and Moana. Oh, sorry. Yes, we already did Saturday, not Friday. 
My yes, bad. we did. Uh, yeah, bad. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Doing Six Nations for sure, Simon. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, did Saturday night games um, this weekend. Just gone. So yeah, we'll be doing at least one night uh, each weekend of Super Rugby. Uh, with Six Nations not on this weekend, yeah, we might be doing some more. We'll see. But yeah, so yeah got, Six Nations is three a.m. Is they're, they're the hard ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my daughter this weekend, so unfortunately, uh, that might get might get in my way. Anyway, um, next up, um, Western Forces, the Hurricanes. Again, one that I'm this 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 another one that uh, yeah, kicks off midnight. Um, knew what was going to happen, uh, and therefore watched highlights. Didn't actually uh, watch um, watch this one. Now, again, this is one that um, conflict. You said uh, that the uh, fourteen forty four scoreline um, didn't perhaps do the game justice. Um, but if you're going to have uh, if you're going to lose um, a th- six lineouts out of eighteen or a third of your lineouts, uh, which the force did with no platform, you're not going to score points, surely. I don't know if it's. It didn't do the justice in the way that the force, I think, uh, stuck around in that game. Um, so they were like, they were gone, right? Game was over, they were gone for pretty early on uh, out of this matchup. But I was just impressed with the way they actually stuck around and fought back and, and got those couple of tries at the end of the game. Sure, it didn't make it any more respectable, but just not giving up was what impressed me, especially after watching the, the Rebels, right, a, a few hours earlier. Um, and how bad they were and really not even looking like scoring. It was nice to see that the Western Force actually had a little bit about them, that they could actually get involved, get some points, get some tries, give themselves a little bit of self-belief. Um, not the result they wanted, not the night they wanted. They were outplayed. I mean, the, the Hurricanes were really, were really, really good. And much like I said earlier, it was a game, like a lot of these games were, where the better team didn't show that ruthlessness to demolish the opposition. They just got out, impressed, got a good lead, and then, yeah, did the big brother thing and just told them to just, you know, just just calm down, uh, have a little chocolate milk and, and just take it easy for the rest of the game. But the Western Force didn't do that. So, you know, that's that's why I was quite happy. Um, good to see the grandpa Chase Tieti is still, you know, he's not as fast as he used to be, but uh, still good. And Jordi Villion, man, a bit of a surprise to see him start in that number nine, but looked pretty good and actually supported well for his try. Uh, got around the park nicely. Another nice looking early days but a uh, little number nine option from him there as well but yeah hurricanes were good uh did what you expected got the lead and kenny naholo is an absolute i uh, i mean I, a behemoth and beast uh doesn't do the size of that man anymore i was shocked at how huge he was just the like bulkiness of the guy um he makes Almoa look small so i'm looking forward to how devastating he's going to be uh this season uh but yeah Western Force were right. Um, I think they'll beat the Rebels. They got a few little things about them, a little bit of experience. Uh, I think Nick White looks like he wants to lead that team. He looks like he wants to force the players into, you know, getting a bit of professionalism, you know, that getting that that old man who's going to tell the young guys off and, and force them to play how they want to play their game. So, you know, a few little pluses for the Western Force. A couple of tries. Um, yeah, beat the beat the Rebels. That's That's number one priority, as it has been since they got kicked out. Yeah, look, I mean, they, they clearly um, Twingy's gone shopping. Um, brought himself Nick White, Ben Donaldson, Hamish Stewart um, has given you that uh, has given that that kind of that that, that uh, three quarter line to um, to control the game um, there. So yeah, they they sh- they shouldn't uh, they they should have enough experience there to to lead and basically start the growth of a more homemade team. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, if we're looking for for long for, for longer term. Um, look, Kenny the Holo. Um, is uh, I remember watching him uh, uh, down in the preseason game um, for Taranaki and uh, seeing him finish the game in the moon boot. Um, unfortunately, um, 
And uh, that's been his big Achilles heel, or as it were, well, not necessarily literally Achilles heel, but um, <laughs> that's been his problem um, for the past few seasons where he's bounced around the Chiefs and the Crusaders is he just can't stay fit. Um, he's just, and hopefully he's got the balance of power uh, and conditioning right this year so that actually he does stay, that he actually can stay fit and doesn't just break. Um, unfortunately, it's been his, been his problem. But um, um, I thought from, from the highlights, at least, um, Morby looked like the better of the two of them. Um, got himself to try and um, got to put himself about. So um, when you have a bench that includes Rackety Stones, Lomax, Iossi, uh, Roy Card, Ryassi, um, you don't have to worry about the last 20 minutes, right? You've got guys who are going to come on and, as Ryassi did, um, score tries and just look after you. You, know, you don't have to. There's, there's no, there's, you're not going to have a drop-off, um, which is uh, mm-hmm. which some of these teams, like your Western Forces, your Rebels, your more Pacificas, will do. <laughs> the Hurricanes are not going to. Um, if that's the kind of uh, kind of bench they're going to be running, so um, yes, I think uh, we both were kind of negative um, about their their uh, their possibilities this season. And the Hurricanes didn't really see them doing, uh, obviously making the finals and stuff, but not making the final um, or not having not really having a chance of making the final. Um, now, should we read too much into this one? Probably not, because I was about to, wasn't I? Let's be honest. I was about to go. Hey, look, they could be finalists. Um, don't get carried away, folks. Uh, just like I very nearly did there. Um, wait till the uh, Hurricanes see, have some more uh, stronger opposition. Um, look, the force missed 40 tackles in this game. Um, so, yes, they kept trying, but um, unfortunately, the trying wasn't good enough uh, to really test this team. And we'll see what, uh, what the Hurricanes have got um, in the coming weeks. And getting um, getting the, yellow cards so early in the game, too, from Mr. Magic Potter certainly didn't help. Three minutes in getting yellow card yeah. when you're, you know, the underdog so heavily already, um, you know, if they could keep 15 men on the field, it's probably goal number one, right? Give yourself the best <laughs> chance. Two two yellow cards, you know, one at the start of the game, one not far after half time. No, not oh, my word. <laughs> Hi, boys. Right. This weekend, our main goal is keeping 15 players on yeah. the pitch. Hey, boy, <laughs> low expectations there. Well, um, I mean, it's the Rebels, though. Like, the, literally, for me, if I was going to training, um, that would be it. It's, it's the Rebels, Shorts and Melbourne. But look, we should be wanting to win this game. This should be number one, tick of that calendar, yep. win. If you ain't got 15 men on the field, that's going to become quite hard. So keep 15 guys on the field. I think the rest of the you know platform may be there for them. I think they look better than the Rebels. So over the next three weeks, we'll learn more about the Hurricanes. So they've got the, the Reds, mm-hmm. the Blues, and then the Crusaders. Um, after that Crusaders game, we have a, a pretty good idea as to where they where the, where the Hurricanes stand. Mm. Um, I think Reds will be good. The um, yeah, next well, yes, in front of an empty crowd. Um, the, you'll be able to hear all the calls by the players. That, that's that's one of the benefits of uh, of, of playing Super <laughs> Round. In, um... <laughs> that's, that's harsh, isn't it? <laughs> uh dear me. Anyway, um, next up. Um, Blues for, versus the Fijian uh, and Drew. Now, look, first thing to say, Blues, why have you taken so long to go back up to Fongaray? Um, Go up there. They want to see games. They, don't, they never see games. And as we as, 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 as we know, um, if, you, if something has rarity and scarcity, people want to have it. And hence, they turn up and you have a good atmosphere. And especially in, a, in an appropriately sized stadium, which they've got up there in Fongaray. So head up there, get a good atmosphere. Um, and it'll look much better and sound much better on the telly. Hint, yes. hint. Um, 
so um up there now I, I you caught the first half i caught the second half of this one um and by the time i was watching it it was effectively over at 29-3 at half time um yeah the blues one put this one to bed um by uh i say by half time didn't they yeah this was much like the hurricanes game really in the way that these two well it's that the blues played the game Started fairly well, you know, a couple of tries and or three tries in the first 20 minutes. Uh, they were well on their way. What disappointed me with the draw, though, they just didn't seem to be able to capitalize on their opportunities. Um, that was the biggest disappointment from this team. We know they got the weapons, we know they got the players, they got that continuity this season as well. Not too many changes like other sides have had. You look at you know, the stats for the game as well. They had the opportunities. They were pretty up there with their position and their territory. They just couldn't put the ball over the line. Um, and they had, of course, the yellow card to Finney Christie in that first half as well. If anything, uh, to me, this has made the Blues look slightly better. I thought they were going to not struggle with this game, but I thought the draw would have put up a bit more of a fight against them. Um, I thought they would have, not defensively, but I thought, you know, we would have had a, a real high-scoring game uh, with both sides wanting to run and play. And we certainly saw the breaks. We certainly saw the opportunities. Uh, but for the draw, we just didn't see the finishing touches, uh, which is a shame. And hopefully they do uh, clean that up uh, in the coming weeks uh, for that side. So that, that's my biggest takeaway from that. I, I think the Blues just cruised. Uh, concern, uh, Perifeta goal kicking. I mean, what the hell happened there? Uh, this I still have troubles, you know, with, with the plumbers, with the Perifetas. Um, and it's, it's been it's been issues that have been there forever, right? Um, but they got a lot of standouts, right? Your Sullivan's um, certainly looked really, really good in that game. Um, and we saw quite a lot of bump and runs and the big boys doing some work as well. So Tutus and, and Papa League's getting tries. So, yeah, the Blues did what they wanted to do. I want to say I look at that game and go, they impressed me more than I thought they would have. Um, so I kind of would put them up in, in my expectations, especially next weekend. Well, for this weekend now, it's Monday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so question marks around the set piece, right? Against the Fiji and Drua, and Drua, you shouldn't be losing six out of 13 scrums, right? You should be scrummaging mm -hmm. better than that. You should not be worried about that. You shouldn't be losing three out of 13 lineouts. So I think um, against the... Um, uh, against the uh, uh, against the Fijian and Druid, they got away with it. But that kind of that, that kind of um, platform, um, that kind of set piece, I really don't think is going to be uh, is going to be good enough for this Blues team um, going forward. So they need to need to sort that out. And as you say, perfect is goal kicking. Those are my two worries um, for the Blues. Other than that, yeah, looking quite good. Um, sure, mm -hmm. um, you've. Um, uh, you, you obviously you've, 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 you've keyed in on the, the Harry Plummers and stuff, but look, what do you want Harry Plummers to do? All I want him to do is to catch it, draw a player and pass. Give it to Rico Wani, um, give it to Mark Salia, give it to Caleb Clark, give it to Zan Sullivan. Give it to somebody else. That's, that's, that's Plummers' job. Give it to someone else and tackle. Right? That's all he has to do. Um, maybe the occasional kick. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, we're not, we're not, we don't need him to be an exciting player. They've got plenty of excitement outside him. He just has to give it to them. Um, he just has to be steady, not drop the ball um, to help their catch and pass um, and tackle players. That's all the Blues need out of a 12. They don't need to have um, a Geordie Barrett or anyone like that um, because they've got such good weapons outside it. So just 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 ship it, mate. Draw draw and pass. That's all you have to do. Um, and a guy of his experience, the amount of time he, amount of time he spent playing at um, 
NPC and now Super Rugby level, he should be able to do that. Um, yes, he takes a lot of flack. Just, just get rid of the ball um, and let other people, uh, let other players make make the plays um, because they, they will do. Um, there's plenty around him. I do think that the Blues, like you say about the set piece, I think they're good enough to get away with that against you know eighty five percent of the teams. What the, the Brumbies might punish you, uh, the Chiefs yep. and the Crusaders will probably punish you. You could probably, I think, you get away with it for the Hurricanes. Maybe, like I, I still think we need to see them a bit more. Maybe the Highlanders, I think you'll get away with it. Um, you know, but the rest yep. of the team, Mo- Moana, uh, Rebels, Force, Reds, yeah, Waratahs. Yeah. But I think you'll get away. They're good enough to get away with that. So. That aside, you know, they've got a long time to clean that up before we get to, you know, potential semifinals. Sure. Look, I think, look, I think the Hurricanes, look, against Hurricanes, you, they, they're going to score points, right? So, you, mm. so you've got to give yourself a platform to score some points yourself as well. So, I think yep. that, that, so yes, it could be against them. But, um, yeah, other teams, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be fine. Uh, yep. But um, but at the end of the day, this this competition, let's, let's remember, folks, is about three games. The first, the first, the first 16 or whatever it is games of, of round robin, don't matter too much, right? You're going to win enough to get in the top eight. Now, you'd like to win more than you lose because then you end up getting a home quarterfinal, home semifinal maybe. Um, but at the end of the day, it's winning those last three games that matter. This stuff is fun to watch, but um, on the whole, it doesn't matter too much because you know you're going to get into the finals anyway. Um, after that, um, what are we up to? What's up to next? I've gone blank. Mighty Islanders, we've got next. two left. Oh, Yes. Um, which is good because we're, we're, only, we're only an hour and 20, only 20 minutes over time already. Um, Standard. <laughs> Highlands won a Pacifica. Now, we've been talking about moral victories in this one, or Stephen has. <laughs> this, this, one is, this one is definitely a moral defeat, um, a moral loss um, for the Highlanders. Um, Brumbies beat the Rebels 3 to 30. The um, Hurricanes put away the force 14 to 44. Highlanders. Well, thirty-five, so less, so less points than Hurricanes. Twenty-one by the um, by, by Moana Pacifica Highlanders. Your defence needs to be a lot better. Well, Tony writes Highlanders are on the board. They are, but not much more so than that. Matters. To be honest with you, I don't think. Look, expectations and results. Okay, deliverance on expectations. What are expectations? Beat those four teams. Beat Moana. <laughs> beat the Force. Beat the Rebels. And beat that other the, the Waratahs. I would all the you Reds know, or Waratahs the draw, or the Reds. Um, all the draw, yeah. But you know, beat four, beat five of those. Hey, let, let's be optimistic. Beat those five. Um, I don't really care. Yeah. Do would you call it a moral loss for the Highlanders or a really big moral victory for Moana? Um, I think the Highlanders oh, will be look happy. At, look at the spin was, doctor. Look at the spin doctor coming out. The Highlanders typically struggle to look. If this was two seasons ago. I believe this game would have been um, 24 to 17. I think the Highlanders are getting better at actually scoring points at the possible sacrifice of their defense. And Moana have shown, I think, I think for them, they've actually proven that they are better than we expected they were going to be, right? They are a lot better than we expected they're going to be. I thought, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Highlanders will look at this and say they weren't as good as they should have been, definitely. But they got the win. Um, so that is number one priority. They're on the board, and and that to me is is what matters the most to them. But yeah, Moana looked really really good. I was impressed by them. Um, I think they were a bit uh, not lost, but I think their initial game plan and how they wanted to play didn't work. 
and they adjusted really well. They looked to other avenues and other paths and other tactical ways to play the game. And I thought they adjusted really, really well. Um, I think they lost their way a bit when they lost Danny, Danny Tuala for that 10 minutes. But uh, they certainly, when he come back, things adjusted themselves and and they got back on their horse very, very quickly. So a number of players today, I think having an experience number nine for that, I think Anade was, was really, really key for them. When they worked out how they wanted to use Julian Salvia, he was key for them. And I thought the finishers, the Awongs uh, and Tuala's, they were pretty strong as well throughout. And and Anisi, the blonde-headed number eight, what a player. A great little player, really, really good. And for the Highlanders side of things, I mean, hair. This is now is this now we're into important topics. Uh, blonde? No, 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 no. I think it's, it's that's that's clearly bleached. Um, that's but bleached white. That's not that's that's not natural blonde anyway. But anyway, move on. I'll, 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 yes. <laughs> on the on the Highlander side though, uh, the team team combination of Patchel and Gilbert worked really really well. Having two number tens, who needs an inside centre? No one. Just play of two tens. Uh, I think Gilbert's going to be like he's going to be literally up there with at the end of his career with the Highlanders as a, a bit of a club legend because he's going to, he's already been there a few years. He's really starting to build in his role and his responsibilities in this team. He's becoming a real key cog into how this team operates. And he's not out now best player that's going to be playing internationally. It's almost like at this stage, his focus and his career dedication is becoming, making the Highlanders become better and the way he's playing. It's like that's his real target is to develop that way as well. And now he's got some weapons, right? And the back three of the Highlanders outside of Nareki kicking what felt like every time he touched the ball, I thought he used them really, really well. Um, so, you know, I was pleased. Uh, I thought Sean Withy was really good as well. Uh, Henry Bell, another youngster, uh, hooker was really, really good too. Um, so I was, I was impressed to see those guys and I thought they, they played really good. But uh, again, like you've written a lot to work on. But I think most priority importance was getting the win. Um, and, hey, they got put under a bit of pressure. And they responded enough. <laughs> enough. Just. Gilbert is on the All Blacks radar with New Zealand 15 selection, says Nocturne No, White. leave him alone. Uh, hang on. No, no, no. Let's, let's not oversell things here, guys. All Blacks radar? No. Gilbert is not on the All Blacks radar. Um, uh, as, as far as making an All Blacks squad. No, sorry. Um, but um, but no, interesting. You think he's could, could be like the next uh, Marty Banks kind of style thing? Yeah, not someone who's going to make it to the next level, but someone who's going to yeah. be a club stalwart who can um, who can be uh, who be a bit of a um, like really a, really good uh, at Super Rugby level. Yeah, but never kind of pushes on. I get Sean Stevenson is at that stage right now, right? James Lowe, dare I say it? Um, and look, we've got and um, the um, talking about Neep, Neepkins there um, as looking um, really good. Um, the uh, look, mm -hmm. we've got a couple of um, really, really hot um, 15s around at the moment uh, with uh, with him, um, Zahn Sullivan as well. And it's going to be really interesting to see which way, which direction um, the All Blacks go with their 15. Ruben um, Love, if he's a 15. Sorry? Who? Ruben Love, if he's a 15. Yeah, well, yep, maybe as well. Yep. Um, but um, with Ruben Love, you're going for a bit more of what we've had before in the fact of two 10s, right? Because um, he can play ten as well, whereas mm. Yazan Sullivan's um, Ratanit. Uh, oh, gone and oh, I, had had it, had I, had I had it on Saturday. I had it on Saturday. He's been practicing um, all weekend. <laughs> oh, Neepkins. Uh, look, those guys um, are not so much. Yeah, I mean, I think Zan Sullivan can play ten, but um, they're much more of the attacking, running 
15 yeah. rather than the playmaking 15. Um, so what style will they go for? Because um, essentially yeah. the the last for the last four years, the All Blacks have not had a 15. They've had a they've had a they've they've had another 10 in there. Since um, Ben Smith. With, with uh, since Ben Smith, basically, yeah. Um so hence why Jordan hasn't been playing 15. So um and with him injured now, um at the beginning of the All Blacks mm-hmm. campaign, what route um will Scott Robertson go? Will he go for a for a for a 15-15 or will he go will he, or is he on that second playmaker at 15? That's gonna be really interesting because to me, I really think with with um with Jordy Barrett at 12, you've got your second playmaker. You've got a guy who can play 10 um, there. Now, he's not a first-choice 10, but you've got your second playmaker already. You don't need that second playmaker at 15. So it's going to be really interesting to see what, what, how do they want to use Geordie as a second playmaker or as a, um, or, or a bit more crash ball uh, power runner. Um, and then what you can do is – and what you want that allows you to – if you use him as a second playmaker, what you do at 15. But anyway, we should really be talking about the game that actually happened rather than imaginary games in six months' time. Um, problems for the Highlanders set piece again. Another a bit like the Blues, um, they lost four of their 10 line um scrums, they lost um three of their 12 lineouts. You shouldn't be doing that against Moana Pacifica, but I um, the uh, I, I totally agree with you. Moana Pacifica, way better than we we're expecting, yeah, way better. Um, really structured, you could see that they knew how they wanted to play. Um, that they that there was a structure there, they knew what they were doing. Um, it wasn't a matter of um let's just uh let, 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 let's have a kind of a vague structure and um uh, and rely on a levi Moore to get us across the line or a Thomas of an eye to make a make a break they're not trying to this team is not trying to rely on players individual brilliance to make something happen it's like right guys this is a structure of how we play and um which is so against the um pacifica way as he says with his with his, with his quotes there um, um, so, um, yes, they're not trying to play sevens. They're trying to actually try play 15s, which is good to see. Um, so, um, so to me, um, that's, uh, that, that is, uh, that was great. Only five penalties again, um, at, at the, the, the Moana gave up. So discipline and having structure. These are the things that people will say, oh, it's not, that's not how Islanders play rugby. Hell it is when they're playing it well. Um, because mm-hmm. once you've got a structure, you can play off that and then you can do the fun stuff. But you have to have that structure, that platform to do it. Um, so, um, Tanaramanga, um, the uh, is coming this after a mixed um, coaching record. Uh, really, really good with 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 um, uh, with Kenny's Manukau. A bit a bit hot and cold with the Blues, um, but um, Tom Coventry in there, um, and you've also got uh, the Welsh guy. I've gone blank. Um, Petrol. No, not Patchell. No, the the Welsh coach oh. that's with the is it Welsh coach? I think with the with with one of Oh, Stephen Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephen Jones. Now look, Stephen Jones had time time with um with the Crusaders, right? <laughs> He's learned a few things on how to coach. Mm. Um, before before COVID, also went back. He went back to um went back to Wales. So look, um, some actually some some smart some coaching signings there, um with 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 that. So maybe yeah, maybe that um it wasn't that maybe that it was it was good to change the coaching setup. I thought it was a bit harsh on the previous coaching setup. Um, but maybe actually, maybe they weren't delivering. Um, but then again, they were building something from nothing. At least these guys have got something. Now, admittedly, also, um, it looks like Marlon Sugar throwing out, throwing out part of the structure by playing all over the place um, and having to move their games from North Harbour Stadium because the turf's no good um, to play in Hamilton, um, which is another change. Um, but anyway, um, aside from their off-field issues, 
um, looking really good on field. Now, do I expect them to make the top eight and make playoffs? No, we're not. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. But we're looking at a team that actually that's um, that, that you get, you're going to have to play to beat them, right? You're going to have to turn up, um, and it's that's and that's and that's a good thing here. You get to score your points, and that's mm. that's that's stage one for more Pacifica, right? They're they're a new franchise again. They've what, had twenty changes in this squad. It's a brand new squad. Make yourself difficult to beat. And then you can start and go and move on from there to actually think about start winning games. Um, so yeah, really, uh, really impressed by their opening game. And let's hope it's not a flash in the pan. Indeed. Um, the way to finish things off, state of origin, um, as it were, um, with um, uh, the Weds, the Weds, the Weds hosting the the Waratahs. Where were words? <laughs> no, the Reds hosting the Waratahs. Um, in this last one and we've talked about so much rugby i've totally forgotten what happened here um on uh, on this one but um uh, quickly reminding myself uh 21 15 um at half time so um look the reds uh just about keeping themselves in touch uh, but a yellow card on half time um uh, saw really the reds sort of pull away after that at the beginning of the second half and um and uh, yeah the waratahs just uh, not being able to keep up we talked a lot about this game while we're watching this one, about how the first half was structured, close, tense sort of rugby game. And the second half was as if they've gone, ah, stuff that, I'm bored of that now. We want to play something fun and exciting. And they just went out and, and tried to razzle and dazzle. And and the Reds kind of excelled at that sort of style of game. And they took it completely in their control. But this, this game, no one um, individually as a squad was – outstanding. I thought both of these teams played a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, the Reds, you know, losing a lot of players and having a lot of changes, I thought may start or fall off of what we've seen them in the past. And the Waratahs always concern me because, you know, historically they've been very average uh, in the last few years of Super Rugby. So for them to come out, sure, scoreline again doesn't look great, uh, but we've seen some, I think, really good performances uh, from both of these sides. Uh, again, for me, all of these um, Australian performances over the weekend, especially like uh, this game between uh, the, the Reds and the Waratahs and what we've seen from the Brumbies um, and what we've seen from the Rebels as well. I was looking at the number 10s because all those sides have a, a pretty potentially a Wallaby number 10 in, in their uh, midst. So Lolo C.O. impressed me a lot. Uh, Carter Gordon um, went straight to the skip bin. Uh, but here I thought Edmund uh, and Liner were really, really good. Uh, I thought they both stood up. They had really, really good matches. Um, so three out of four for Australia uh, looked quite impressive. And then, you know, you spoke at the start about the excitement of, of this game. And we, we saw a 10 or 15 minute period, didn't we, in the second half of this match that just, I think, was the best uh, 15 minutes of, of the Super Rugby weekend. So it was really oh, good yeah. to see a, a lot of standouts. Um, and both sides impressed me uh, massively. And a lot of good names standing up. The Reds pack played really, really well, um, despite the my reservations about how they combined together. Uh, but they they stood up pretty well, and they they were hard working, which which was impressed to see. Yeah, with, and with the new coaches, uh, they did turn. They uh, especially at the, uh, at the Reds. Look, they did. Um, I say it went in tight at halftime. Um, Twenty one. It, it was pretty yeah. close, and then they pulled it away in the second half. They dominated possession. Sixty one percent possession. Uh, 54% um, territory. In the first half, they had more less possession, but more territory. And I think that's probably that switch there of like, let's we can hold on to the ball and go through phases against this team. Guys, you don't need to kick it away all the time um, on those things. And that, uh, and then 
and then the points uh, that that means you score points that the opposition can't because they don't have the ball. Um, now there were a few freaky tries in this one, which were kind of fun um, passes where um, the opposition then battered the ball back uh, back to the person who actually just passed the ball and caught it, and they went on to score um, and things like that. Um, so uh, yeah, the, the, the this one is worth what if you're going to watch if you're going to watch highlights from one game this weekend, watch highlights from this one because they're funky highlights. If you're not watch a full game. I'm not sure this is one to go back and watch the full game of, but from a, from a highlights perspective, definitely go watch this one because it's great fun if you haven't seen it already. Um, John Pataille's uh, big on, volley uh, kick as well. That was that was a standout high. That was incredible. The, the yes. distance he got on that was just <laughs> skill, man. He, he, for, he can be a, um, cold like a tap, but boy, he can be good. And then we also had the, this was one where we also had the, uh, um, the, the was it Lock or the, or the back rower who um, kicked and then outran the, um, uh, oh. the, uh, no, the tip um, and chase, the, that the was Kale at the Brumbies. Oh, Kale at the Brumbies. Oh, bollocks, damn. Yes, that was. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, that was Kale at the Brumbies. Jeez, we should have mentioned that about Kale because that was, that was, that that was, was an incredible a try. cracking try um, as well. So, um, anyways, I think this one of the three things it was the, the between the legs um, pass from the number eight off the scrub. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yes. score. And then it was the tap back, or, or was it a big, it was a big volley. And then it was the tap back, uh, oh, the volley, the yeah. back to the try. Uh, and the 10 50, it was like, pfft. Incredible, yeah. Um, so some, uh, yeah, the, the kind of um, we're a bit like um, Dana White on the outside of a uh, outside of UFC ring, going, whoa, yeah. <laughs> at places. It was uh, um, the uh, in, in this game, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good because uh, this was last game of the weekend. Where uh, well, actually, I think you might, you, I don't know if you went on to to do Francisly after this, but um. We've we watched a lot of rugby by this stage, um, <laughs> kind of going, oh my god, um, geez, another game. And it's like, whoa, yes, brilliant. Um, <laughs> keep keep throwing it at, at us, crack addicts, addicts, please. Um, <laughs> just punch it straight Give into our more. veins. Brilliant. Um, so yes, um, so think, a good way to end the weekend. Uh, yes, exactly. And uh, I say tactically, I think perhaps better. A better um, a, 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 the, the 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 Reds coaches showed themselves at halftime. Whereas the New South Wales or the Wild South ones didn't. Interesting in the chat there, the fact that New South Wales um, head coaches are under pressure that uh, they might lose their jobs early. It's like Jesus Christ, guys! It's game one of the season. Seriously, um, the uh, but yeah, you don't want to be no. I'm sorry, but you don't go around sacking coaches this early um, no. on 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 that one. So um, give them at least a give them at least a try. Also, who the hell are you going to find at this time of the season to replace them? Right, it's going to be a it's going to be a oh shit, who's available? Um, appointment that you sign up for four years or th- or two or three years, and guess what? In two in another season's time, you're sacking them again. So no, um, give these guys a chance. Um, that look, and this is not like the English Premiership, right? You're not getting relegated and you're not losing lots of cash, right? So stick with these guys, give them a chance, um, and if you think towards the end of the season it's going wrong, then um, sort things out in the off season. Don't try. Don't pull the trigger mid-season on that. You don't need that in Super Rugby. I'm sorry. It's not the kind of it's um, it's it's not the uh, the league that you need to be doing that kind of stuff in. Um, and you're not going to get a good result long term if you do that, in my opinion. Mm, at um, the end of the season, at least I agree. Yeah, Simon says the same. Yep. And, and yep. yeah, Eddie Jones wants something to do before he starts international duty. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, Sack Cole next week and bring Eddie Jones in. Yeah, absolutely. He does a great smash and grab job, doesn't he? <laughs> Dear and me. Um, I, I, the most successful team in 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 this in this competition is 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 just starting on their fifth coach, right? In the um 
uh, in, in the Crusaders. Now, their first coach only lasted one season, which means look how long the other three did. I mean, I, I was, actually, is it three or four? I oh, sorry, four. Actually. So they're on, the, they're on the sixth coach now. Even so, yeah, Wayne Smith only got three years, but um, you, Robbie Deems, Blackadder, Razor, look, they all got they all got serious time, and even and, and Blackadder, yeah, this was he wasn't successful. He didn't win championships, um, which you should be doing at the Crusaders uh, at the end of the day. So and left on their own terms as well, didn't they? They all left on their own terms. Oh yeah, yeah, true. They? They, yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah, Deans left. Uh, yeah, Blackadder left. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had enough of Blackadder, to be honest. I, I, he, I, I, he, I, would have, I would have had enough of Blackadder by that stage. <laughs> right, he plumped when he was being pushed. But, um, yeah, probably given the option. It's like, go the end of the season or you're gone. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, look, I think, yeah, look, decent starts to Super Rugby. Now, I'm not going to say suddenly, wow, the crowds are going to come flocking back, right? Um, I think there are serious issues with how the game's promoted. Um, but as far as on-field content, Decent, enjoyed it. Had great, had, had a good weekend. Had a fun, fun weekend. Um, so, um, so the, yeah, the problem is with the, with the on-field content. Stop fucking around with the laws, right? We didn't. Now look, the um, we we didn't end up with kick tennis. Well done, super. Well done, guys, on that one, right? Good, a good little change there that worked. Um, the uh, the yes, we had a bit of uh, controversy around the gum shields. We've already talked about that. Um, let's try and talk about something else, please. Uh, let's not focus on um, a couple of something that's trying to keep these guys from actually not be, from being brain dead in ten years' time. Um, and let's focus on what the fun things that happened this weekend because some great tries, some close games, um, some not so close games as well. That's cool. Not every game is going to be close, um, but we had a couple of close ones um, and, uh, and and some and just some some fun plays. So I enjoyed it. You know what? Um, I feel like Super Rugby was. A bit tame, uh, not tame on the action, but tame on the way it was officiated. I don't think it was as strict, I think, as we've seen in Six Nations. I know I'm not criticizing. I I kind of liked it. I've seen a lot of things we saw where we were like, oh, that's a yellow, cut and dry. You know, he's touching here on his head, he's gone. And uh, it sometimes wasn't even a penalty, right? So um, yeah, true, I feel true. like they, they weren't as strict, uh, which, okay, I can live with. It, you know, we spoke about on stream that Super Rugby has this persona that it wants to be the fun, the exciting, the fast, the unbelievable, the miraculous, the amazing. And I kind of feel that that goes hand in hand. Shaw is going to get a bit of criticism, but I think that sort of stuff does allow the game to be playing a bit more. Um, but you just got to make sure it's in check, right? And not gets out of hand. So it can be a bit of a two, two bladed sword there, but you know, from the way it went, um, yeah, nice and fun, nice and interesting. And one thing I, I think we did fail to mention, and I can't remember what game it was in, um, but the uh, the not straight feed to the scrum that got penalised, boy, the sharp eye. I just thought about it then. There was a it wasn't the game I watched with you, obviously. I, I feel like it was the Six Nations. I feel like it was Wales and Ireland. Uh, Wales, yeah, Wales got penalised for not feeding straight into the scrum, um, and it went a scrum to to Ireland, and the referee stood on the other side to the put in, and Gibson Park put it straight under the flankers' legs. Um, so that was an absolute highlight for me of just how how this game can be um yeah. i have not seen that ruled for about well when was that year that they had that real crackdown on that five six plus years ago it, it might seen... you might get one call a season oh, that's about yeah yes it was incredible just out of the blue and there wasn't another one and all the scrums weren't feet straight 
I, I, I scratched my head on that one. I really, really did. But I, it was almost a highlight of bizarre and a bizarre weekend of rugby. Another one I liked was Christie's red, Christie's yellow card, right? Um, because the, uh, for, for, I think it was just anyway, uh, Fijian and Drua went through a number of, a number of phases, scored the try, um, and and uh, and the referee was like, right, drum, try, right, you, repeat offence, off you go. And mm. so many times, repeat offence, score a try, ah, forget about the yellow card. No, it was like, okay, now you're off, mate, <laughs> off you go. Um, just because they scored a try does not negate the fact that you've, you've, you guys have continued defending. Um, and uh, yeah, so the yellow card's going to come out. So um, I think it was Christy. I, I could be, I could be wrong, mm, um, yeah. but um, it felt like it. But uh, so I was happy with to see that as well. I thought that was a good call um, by the refs. Um, so we do call the bad ones. And so let's call some good yeah. ones as well. I, I do like how the, uh, in the French game this morning too, there was a bit of a, Almost a, a reasonable explanation for the Scott fans out there as well uh, with the try that Olivon scored, the, the only French try. Um, if you haven't seen it, see it. Uh, you couldn't actually see the ball grounded in that try. It was a cluster of bodies. There was no ball. He claimed he went over the line. Uh, you couldn't see anything, but the referee said, on-field decision, try. Could you see anything to say that it wasn't a try? No. And he got awarded the try. That was... Instantly, it's like, had he said, I can't see the try, so I'm going to say no try, that wouldn't have been a try. And so I feel if, if you're a, a really hurt Scotsman, I know, again, France got the rub of the green twice on that one, but that perfectly explained how that law works or that explanation yeah. for the TMO worked in two separate situations where exactly the same thing happened. Sure, you could probably see a little bit of the ball in the Scotland one, but in the way that the ref explained the saying, I can't see it, but I don't think it, I'd say no try to I think he scored it I'm going to say it's a try and how the TMO responds to that and their reaction to get a final decision so I thought that was quite interesting um for anyone who wants to really compare how the TMO works and and with the on-field call at the time I look and there was, there was a lot of um going yes congratulations they've changed the law because it used to be try no try or any reason I can't give the try mm-hmm. okay those were those yes. used to be called um and uh, there was a lot. There was, there was a whole bunch of things. Yes, you're making the referee make a decision, right? And then immediately the the, the Scotland one happens. It's like, oh well, if he'd said, he can't say that anymore, right? Yes. You, you're winding yourself back to four years ago as to what the law was then. Saying, oh look, let's use that law, please, because we'd like to use that law now. Because um, the commentators me. need to remember <laughs> the laws have changed and understand what the laws are. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, anyone who's a professional commentator or professional pundit should 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 go on a bloody refereeing course and have a, a refereeing co- refereeing update refresher every season. Um, because look, mm. we're, we're, we're totally amateurs. We don't get paid for this. Um, we go, look, we thank you a lot for the donations that you guys give us. And it does help pay for things like my sky subscription. Um, but, um, but, but as, as, a, as, a, as an actual main source of income, well, this isn't it um, by, <laughs> by a long shot. No. Um, so, um, but we do thank you for the, for, for, for the, for the support you do give us guys. Um, but um, so yeah, so we don't have we we yeah we can't justify taking a week off to go on a, on a, on a or whatever it is to go on a um um. But um, but for those guys, it's their job, their full time job. Go take yeah, take a week off, have a bloody umpire uh, umpires course, and know what you're doing. Now, sure, some of them like Grant Nesbitt are so old they can't be running around the pitch. I understand that, so maybe <laughs> don't make him do the actual physical side and the actual practical side, but at least explain the laws to him, please. Um. In the names, the, uh, so yes, sorry. In the names as well, so he gets the right ones. Yeah, look, I'm. 
he's been wonderful. He's been a, a, a great commentator, but that finished about three years ago. Um, he has been, he has, yeah, he's, he's passed his sell by date. Uh, look, there's only about five, about three or four bloody commentary positions in New Zealand. Give a younger guy a chance. Hey, you know, look, like someone like me who's nearly 50, and like a young guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the next flight, Sky. Give me a call. <laughs> and I have no prior engagements. The reviewer says, um, the um. The crowds aren't too bad overall. It needs to be consistent, though. It does need to be consistent, and it was patchy, right? Um, because the Melbourne Rebels were poor. Um, and you got to feel a bit for for the force. They've been one of the sides have had that's been has had some of the most consistent support um, across this competition. Um, and then to have that put on them um, was a bit um, uh, was was a bit uh, a bit a bit out there. Um, JK's ranting about so the structure of of, um, of world rugby again. Yeah, I don't listen to JK to be honest. Look. Wonderful player, um, great mental health advocate, uh, piss poor coach, and um, average <laughs> co- average pundit, in my opinion. Right, um, he, he, he likes the person. I say, wonderful, it's, it's wonderful stuff. Um, but um, but some other stuff. Oh, jeez, Justin Marshall. I've got nothing against Justin Marshall. Look, at least he gets around the traps and goes to all the games. Um, the uh, but um, and uh, I think he has actually worked on his. Uh, uh, works in his profession of which is being a pundit, which is being a caller. So I think he's actually uh, making the effort um, there. So um, and, and and isn't just relying on his name in the way that some other uh, some other um, pundits are. Yeah, I reckon I Marshall's good comments, man. I wouldn't have him mm-hmm. as my main play by play, but definitely good expert comments. You know, uh, guy definitely fill in. I'm not a fan of Mills. I'm definitely not a fan of Wheeler. Um, yeah. I can't stand. I can't stand. The amazing mate, yeah. You know, what American lads are us on spe- uh, on sports uh, broadcasting is their professionalism. They absolutely wipe the floor completely. I know they've got billions of people to, to call upon to do it, but still, it's just about that professionalism and coming across. I don't know. I don't know who who Jimmy G is. Okay, I don't know what you called some guy at the pub last weekend. I have no idea. Nor do I care. But if I want to talk. Uh, about um, you know Sam Gilbert, um, talk to me about Sam Gilbert. You know, uh, I don't care about uh, his antics or burning couches down at the university in the weekend, right? So uh, professionalism is, is pretty pretty key for me as well as it's keeping it fun and exciting. Uh, you, you know, you've, a commentator's job for me as well is, is portraying excitement, um, and I feel the Northern Hemisphere sometimes can lose that excitement. I think their professionalism is a lot better, but they they lose out a bit on the excitement. So. Yeah, everyone's got good and everyone's got bad, but uh, yeah, that, that's my take. <laughs> cool. Well, um, for the one-hour show that's taken an hour and fifty, thank you very much, Cornflake. Thank you everyone for sticking with us. Who's uh, the live show? Thank you for everyone who listens to the recordings and the podcast as well. Um, uh, the uh, we, we do yes, enjoy um, your feedback, so let us know um, your thoughts. Don't bother putting it on on um, on X or what's Twitter, or whatever it's used to be. I don't go there anymore. Um, but um, uh, we just we just broadcast there, but uh, yeah, Facebook um, is uh, is probably the best place to uh, get to get me um, on that one. or Paul at nzsportradio.com. I do have an email address. Wow, how old school is that? Um, so, folks, um, stay safe. We'll see you next uh, next Monday at eight pm, and uh, this weekend, um, don't forget that um, Cornflake will be doing the live with the listeners along, and I'll try and um, pop along and uh, uh, jump on one of those um, or one or two of those this weekend as well. Enjoy, folks.